Well, welcome into Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We have some great content for you coming up today. You know, most of us want long-term relationships and rewards that come from years of hard work, but it's not easy to do. Shane and I want to help you navigate through how you can stay faithful at home, work, and to your call for decades. We're calling it Staying Faithful for the Long Haul. Let me bring in my friend and co-host, Shane Bishop. Shane, what's on your mind today? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. What's on my mind today? Baseball's sort of on my mind. We've kind of got baseball going, and uh, if you've been watching any baseball at all, there's no fans in the seats. They're playing to an empty stadium, and then there's fake crowd noise, Mike, on TV yeah. and on the radio. I- fake Crowd noise. I want to get your take on that. It sounds like you're not thrilled with it. Would you rather have like nothing in the stands and, and just hearing the players and managers talking? Or where, where are you at with that? Well, no, I feel like we lost our big opportunity because we were airing services <laughs> oh, to empty sanctuaries for weeks, yeah, man. Yeah. We could have had fake crowd noise, Mike. We could have had amens, yeah. hallelujahs. I mean, it could have felt like a revival <laughs> here, and it felt like a yeah. graveyard, man. Yeah. I feel like we missed our chance. Like the old sitcoms, how they'd have the laughing track on and all of that uh, in the background. Yeah, I, I actually I heard that one of the baseball teams are doing like virtual fans, but I hadn't seen that. Have you seen that yet? No, but that would be easy to do, right? Don't they do that in mer- movies all the time? You know, yeah. like they'll have a an animated kind of virtual reality kind of it, cast. I'm sure TV could throw virtual fans in it. You know what they could do? Throw deceased celebrities in the stand. <laughs> yeah. You can look. You can yeah. look in there in, in yeah. row seven <laughs> yeah. of section 138, I like that. Elvis. I like that. Yeah. Elvis. What it, do you think? I think that would really make people think, actually. They'd be like, I thought that I thought that person passed away. They'd probably no. be on Google and check no. And a lot of people think Elvis is still alive anyway. Yeah, where and are think you about at this. with that? What if you had young Elvis sitting next to old Elvis? They're sitting there together. Yeah. Were you ever a fan of Elvis? No. No. Okay. Were you? No, no. Did you know he was a singer? I just, I just thought he, he sold hair products. <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't <laughs> sell hair products. He, he probably used hair products because he had a good head of hair, Mike. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, even, even when he was older, he still had a good head of hair. Gained a little weight in the later <laughs> yeah. days. He liked, what, banana and peanut butter sandwiches, I I'm believe. not that familiar with Elvis. I guess I know a little bit yeah. about Elvis. Yeah, hey, you, speak- you apparently know something. Uh, not much. Hey, you know what? Uh, today, I don't have any really weird questions for you. Oh, I'm, for, I'm disappointed. I know that. you are. For yeah. our audience who don't normally listen, or if you're new to our uh, podcast, a lot of times I like to ask questions of Shane, like uh, some trivia, or would you rather, all these different type of fact or fiction or silly question games. But I think actually one question does come to mind, Shane. Here's what I was thinking about. When you go home and you reflect upon your day, do you ever think about how you spent part of your day with me asking you questions like, do you think a hot dog was a sandwich or not? No, I'd never think of that. But there are times uh, when I have nightmares and you are in the nightmare and you ask me questions and I can't sleep. Because I keep being asked utterly irrelevant and trivial questions all night, yeah. and I can't sleep. And, and so that really is when that comes up. Not really during my waking hours, Mike. Gotcha. Well, sorry about that. Well, let's go ahead and get into our content for today. We want our audience to know that we're going to be uh, distributing our podcast uh, a little bit differently before we begin. We're going to do it on the second Tuesday and the fourth Tuesday of every month. So be on the lookout for our podcast. That will still come through Podbean and Apple Podcasts. We're changing it to this uh, 
the schedule for you so we can get our content even better. Maybe we'll even try some exciting things along the way. Now, Mike, the only now you can say that, but we all know really what's going on here. People are bailing on us, man. The show is tanking. <laughs> No one goes to fewer shows because the show is doing so well. I mean, we got one sponsor, two sponsors. Yeah. Two. Maybe for, you know, fleeting second. Now, clearly, the ratings are tanking. We're going to twice a month. We're, what would you say, an eyelash from being canceled? I, I don't think so. I, I like to call it more our fall schedule, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. Okay. I like that. We are a seasonal show and we're shifting to a fall schedule. So you might you would then call like getting fired as <laughs> an extended non-paid vacation. I like that. You Mike. know what you've told me a lot of times, Shane? What's Whatever that? helps you sleep at night. <laughs> you've told me that a lot. Yes. Well, I can't sleep at night because you keep asking me questions. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Shane, you wrote a blog that we're going to talk a little bit, or we're going to bring some points from it today. It's called 22 and a half things I've learned in 22 and a half years in one place. Now, in that blog, you talk about what you've learned from having a long stay in one place, like maintaining long-term effectiveness at work and one's spiritual life and personal relationships. And like I said, we selected a few parts of that blog that we want to talk about over the next two episodes so people can stay faithful for the long haul. Our listeners can find more about that blog at RevShaneBishop.com. Now, Shane, I know you, and I know you're going to contribute your effectiveness and faithfulness as a leader to God's grace and the great people that have surrounded you over the years. But when you started as a senior leader of the organization, did you have any idea how difficult it was going to be on so many levels of your life? Yes. Yes. I had been in ministry... Uh, for eight years, full-time, before I came here. So I think I had a clear idea of the sacrifice, and I think I had a clear idea of the difficulty. What I didn't have any concept of was how effective things were actually going to turn out being. So it's been every bit as hard, but there's actually been substantially more reward and evidence of effectiveness than I imagined. So I, I guess I've been more surprised on the upside because I anticipated the downside from the get-go. Hmm. Yeah, that seems like to have a good perspective coming in, actually lowering expectations in some ways. Okay, Shane, we're going to dive into the content today. First, uh, to stay faithful for the long haul, the first thing you've said is that we got to remember our call. Shane, why is it important for people to remember their call? The whole concept for this article began a few years ago. I was in Kansas City. They have a baseball team in Kansas City. They're called the Royals. And I, was, I went to the Royals. It was Kauffman Stadium, I believe. And I went and I saw their Hall of Fame. It really was quite unimpressive in a whole lot of ways. It's kind of tucked under bleachers and, and that type of thing. But I remember looking at the pictures of the people in the Royals Hall of Fame. Now, obviously, the Royals have George Brett, who, who was one of the great players to ever play the game. But after that, it, it drops off pretty substantially. So I kept looking at all these players, and, and I asked myself, why did they make the Royals Hall of Fame? It wasn't necessarily the best players that ever went through Kansas City. But why this group of players? And then it hit me. These were all players who chose to stay. They were all players who chose to make Kansas City their home. These were all players who decided their long-term impact 
was going to be in a single place. And I begin to think about what does it mean to truly give of your life and a lot of your career to one place. So, Mike, people tell me when I was coming up, there's two ways to think about a job. Number one, you decide what you do and you go where it takes you. And number two, you decide where you're going to live and you take what it gives you. For me, I was in a field where you decide what you're going to do and you go where it takes you. And then at some point that shifted for me. When I was here 15 years maybe and we bought our first house, at that point this was no longer a place I was serving, it was my home. And when that happens, there is a paradigmic shift that happens in your mind. And I think for me it was a shift from the idea of success Hmm. to the possibility of significance. Hmm. So for me, one of the lessons I've learned in all of the times that you go through is just remember your call. Why did you get into this in the first place? What was it that somehow moved you from one life or one season or one trajectory to the other? And when things get difficult, I can always go back to a crossroad in my life, and I can always find a new place to start right there. Why did I get Mm. into this in the first place? And for me, that keeps me grounded. You know, Shane, you talk a lot about the word remember and what that means. Could you explain what the word remember means? Yeah, I think about remember a little differently than a synonym of recall or recollect. So for me, remember is best thought of as the antonym of dismember. If you dismember something, you tear it apart, usually violently tear it apart. Dismember is a, is a grotesque word. But to remember is to put back together. It's, it's to take what has been rendered apart and to remember it, to put it back together. So for me, in the times when stress and strain and tension and turbulence tend to dismember us, going back to my call is always a time of remembering. You know, for me, one observation I have about people remembering their call is that oftentimes at first, when people first go towards whatever that call is in their life, it's easy to remember because a lot of time hasn't gone by. But as, of course, time goes by and things get more difficult, it becomes harder to remember people begin to get shaky about their call. And I think one of the things that people can do is that they need to form some type of habit that takes them back to why God has called them to what they're doing. There's a movie I was watching recently with my wife. Shane, I watch movies with my wife, movies that I don't necessarily like. I'm just a really good husband, Shane. I, I like that, Mike. And you know, from everything I've ever heard you say, yeah. you're a really good husband. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> Have you heard Valerie ever say it? No, never. No, no, no. I don't talk to Valerie very much. That's you know, true. I talk to you a lot. Has she ever posted or anything? Nothing. I've never really gotten anything. See, that's why I have to say like it all that. the time. Yeah. Make sure the message is out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, from her, you would get the feeling she's raising three children. <laughs> but... To talk to you, it's something else entirely. What if I told you she said exactly that in the last 24 hours? But anyway, <laughs> uh, we were watching a movie together, and uh, it was about this woman who loved like to bake for others. She started her own business. Then the business goes under, and she was started avoiding baking because of the bad memories tied with her business. And then she goes on to this... This character goes on to a search to find meaning, comparing herself with other people, and she ends up being unhappy at that point. But eventually she comes back to baking, and that's what centered her. And sometimes 
what we felt called to do, sometimes it doesn't go exactly like we wanted it to do, to go. We start to go in another direction, but sometimes we have to intentionally put our call into practice, and that is a way that we can kind of bring that call back together or remember our call. What do you think about that, Shane? Well, I love it. It's just getting back to your love, you know, in a, in a sports metaphor, it's getting back to your love for the game. So think about this. If you're married, you felt called to get married. So when marriage isn't going so well, it can be very helpful to go back to the source of that call. Why, why did you fall in love with this person in the first place? Why did you have this idea you would like to spend the rest of your life with them? I find that in troubling times, those can be remembering experiences, not just vocationally, but relationally as well. And Shane, you led us right into our second point uh, for staying faithful for the long haul, is that we got to keep our marriage, if you're married, you got to keep the marriage strong. Shane, what are some thoughts uh, around that? One of the best images uh, that I have of a marriage is a marriage is like a garden. You know, all you have to do to have the worst garden in the world is plant the best garden in the world and ignore it. I look at how many people work so hard on their wedding, and, and I know weddings are a huge industry these days, but they work so hard on, on their wedding and all of that, and it's like planting this beautiful, beautiful garden. I mean, there's all kinds of beautiful things. Everything just looks great, but it's really not that that makes a great marriage. you got to tend it. you got to cultivate it. You got to make sure the soil is right. It's a lot of work to have a good marriage. So for me, when it comes to the things I've learned, if your marriage is good, everything else is good. If your marriage is bad, yeah. everything else is bad. Because apart from your relationship with God, your marriage is the single most significant relationship in your life. To keep that tended and to keep that good is to the best interest of everyone imaginable. Yeah, I had no idea how working on the marriage would have to be an ongoing process. I really didn't uh, realize that as a younger uh, man. Of course, we've been married 13 years. You know, I've been telling people for the last year that we've been married for 14 years, and then a few weeks ago was our 13th wedding anniversary. Right. So I got a lot to work on. But, you know, when I was, uh, before I got married, I was somewhere listening to a speaker, and he was starting to talk about tips for marriage. And uh, one of the things he said that made I kind of scoffed at him and laughed from my seat was he said that communication was an important part in marriage. And uh, I love having those moments when you just laugh at somebody and think they're ridiculous. And as time goes on, you realize that, oh, maybe they knew what they were talking about. So you had a point in your life where you did not think communication <laughs> was going to be a major issue in marriage, Mike. That is amazing. It's a, it's That'd be like thinking eating was not going to be a major part of food service. It probably tells you a lot about <laughs> me and probably some of the miracles that have happened to get me to I, this I get point. It. But, uh, but don't you think with marriage, a lot of times you, you feel like you died and went to a Buck Owens song. All you got to do is act naturally. And we have this idea when we get married, all I have to do is be myself and everything will go great. Wrong, 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 wrong. wrong. All you got to do is be yourself and do what you want and everything will go terrible. And, right. You said something a couple of years ago. It was in a sermon, Shane, and I'm going to butcher it. But basically, I think you said, what if the idea of marriage wasn't about doing our own thing, but maybe making us into who God created us to be. Yeah, the idea was, what if the purpose of marriage isn't to make us happy? What if the purpose of marriage is to make us godly? 
if that's the case, that's a real paradigm shift. I don't think the wedding industry would do quite as well. Not quite as well. <laughs> but I do think there's a lot of very immature concepts that have to do with marriage. This idea that we should be happy all the time. You know, that we should never argue. There's never going to be stresses and no. strains. And the other thing is that I should just be accepted the way I am. Well, I don't know about you, Mike, but had I not been challenged and were I not regularly challenged on the way I am, I wouldn't grow as a person. And I have some things about me that, that should not be ignored. There are places and areas of my life I need help in, and my marriage makes me better because Melissa is in a unique position to speak into that. Absolutely. I'm with you on that in terms of me and my marriage. And I, what it really has amazed me, I feel like lessons that, for me, God has taught me through communicating with Valerie, growing with Valerie, they have come into my public life. You yeah. know, those, those private lessons have come into my public life, and I didn't realize that before. But I think it, to what you said, there's stuff in me that need to be pushed against, and only someone who really knows you well yeah. can push against those type of things. But I do think it's difficult because I really think if you talk to guys, and I don't know anything about women, and, and Melissa can certainly validate this, I, but if you talk to guys, I, I think what every guy initially wants in their wedding or in their marriage is really simple. They want their wife to worship the ground they walk on, and they want their wife to be in a good mood about it. I've never really had anybody push back on that. I've had <laughs> wives look at husbands and then them not nod because they were kind of nervous. But the bottom line is that we don't marry. A marriage isn't about having a fan or having a groupie as a spouse. A marriage mm. is about growing. And theologically, why does God put two people together? I mean, the only reason biblically that God puts two people together is to procreate and to populate the earth. It seems to me the earth's plenty populated right now. I don't feel like that's a major imperative. And the second piece is because we can better serve God together than we could apart. So there's this synergistic idea in marriage. And, and I'm not saying your marriage shouldn't be happy. I'm just saying maybe there's a greater purpose. And maybe when we find that greater purpose, then happiness starts happening. But if we seek happiness as the ultimate purpose, we're probably not going to find it. Shane, our next insight has to do with the idea of keep learning, to keep learning. How has your continual learning helped you through these last couple of decades? Well, it's always a good day to get smarter. And I think one of the keys, particularly in what I do, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, I'm primarily a preacher, and one of the things I've done is I've essentially preached to the same church for 24 years now. You know what? If you're not growing, learning, experiencing life, you're going to run out of stuff pretty quickly. The old adage was a lot of Methodist preachers only have three years of sermons, and they carry them around with them, and they preach them and recycle them everywhere they go. Well, you can't do that if you stay in one place. So for me, being a constant learner is a big part of my craft. I, I want to travel. I want to experience life. I want to do, I want to go on adventures. I, I'm always reading right now. I'm taking a uh, course, an online course uh, offered by uh, the biblical archaeology people, but it's on, on Deuteronomy. I'm reading a great book right now that's an introduction to the Old Testament. And so for me, it's always about putting the time, effort, and energy in that it takes 
to be successful. And for me, that is being a lifetime learner. Yeah, I think that whatever field someone's in, I think that is really important to be a lifelong learner. And I think those people who do so set themselves apart. Also, uh, one of the things, if we're talking about a long stay at somewhere or just a long stay in relationships, it's important to think about how your values match up with others. Your values uh, match up with others. And so uh, people need to keep learning. And I think whenever there is that connection with other people's values, they can learn together. All right. Our next point for staying faithful for the long haul is the importance that people lead by example. Importance of people leading by example. Shane, why is it important that people lead by example? I I grew up in an athletic environment. And being an athlete, you lead from the front. You know, the leader isn't the person in football that doesn't get hit. The leader is the person who puts their heart and soul on the line. They lead by example. And for me, that's something that I've always thought was really, really important, that I never ask anyone to do what I'm not doing. If I preach a sermon on tithing, I really need to be a tither. If I preach a sermon on growing in Christ, I really need to be growing in Christ. So for me, leading by example gives us personal integrity, but it also gives us the the moral authority to preach. Mm. And you can't, with moral authority, preach what you're not living. You can't, with moral authority, lead in ways that you are not showing in your everyday life. So for me, what I say doesn't really matter very much if it is not congruent with what I do. Yeah, I think, you know, I was talking about values a minute ago. If we want other people to do what we want them to do, of course, we uh, better be doing it as well. But the way to ease the burden of a job is to find a place that is congruent with someone's personal values. I think people need to look for places that match what they value, especially in the idea of staying faithful uh, in one place for a long time, because it's easier to lead in a place that is congruent with your values. It's going to be far more natural for you. For instance, Shane, let's say a person gets a job at a hamburger restaurant. I know you love these examples. Yeah, right. I mean, let's say a hypothetical person gets a hypothetical job job. at a very specific industry. I'm right with you so far. I'm not interested, but I'm right with you. I understand. I'm going to keep going. And part of the (laughs) restaurant's core value is to love their hamburgers, okay? That is a core value of the restaurant. But maybe you love chicken sandwiches. You're a chicken sandwich. Or you're a vegetarian. Sure, we could bring Here I am, too. adding stuff to your hypothetical yeah. analogy. Now, it's going to be difficult to lead by example, right? It right. puts a burden on the employee to work in that culture. That person needs to probably drive down the street and work at the chicken sandwich restaurant, and they'll probably be easier to lead by example. I, I'll say that is that if someone's really trying to plan to stay somewhere for the long term, or even matching in relationships, someone wanting to get married, you better make sure your values are close to lining up. Absolutely. And I think that's often overlooked. Let's take the, let's just use marriage as an illustration. I've had very few people entering marriage who thought that differentiations in their faith understanding were a big deal. So maybe he goes to church, she doesn't go to church, or she goes to church, he doesn't go to church, or he's of one very specific kind of uh, belief system, she's of a very different kind of belief system. Going into marriage, people almost never see this as a big problem. 
when I used to talk to a lot of people about their marriage 10 years in, it gets to be a really big problem. So in my mind, it's a little bit like hitting a golf ball. You know, if you swing a club hard and hit a golf ball, you don't have to be off very much for it to start showing up about 200 yards down the fairway. And so anything that's off at first doesn't seem real off. But by the time you give it some distance, those, those discontinuities and incongruencies in values do show up. The upside, Mike, is mm-hmm. that it, the longer we're with someone, the longer we're in a healthy relationship with an organization, the more our values tend to align with the organization or they'll tend to take us away. Mm. So I don't see very many people staying very long in places or relationships where their values aren't aligned because eventually the overriding values either invite you in or they expel you. Oh, good word. Well, Shane, are there any closing thoughts for our audience as we are finishing up this first part of staying faithful for the long haul? I think long-term relationships are absolutely essential to human happiness and to human growth. Long-term friendships, marriages, jobs, those kind of things I think are really, really important. Now, there's a lot of ways to approach life. And one of the ways to be successful is to knock it out of the park where you are, go to the next place, knock it out of the park, get that next opportunity. That's a great way to rise up a corporate ladder. And for a lot of people, maybe that's a great way of life. I've chosen a different path. And for me, I have traded some semblance of success for a more personally meaningful, you talk about my core values, a more personally meaningful path of significance. Staying in one place, staying in one relationship as a parent, staying in it rather than walking away from it. I think long-term relationships are an absolute essential and valuable and frankly, flat out winsome part of life. Are they easy? Absolutely not. Are they worth it? I believe they are. Thank you, Shane. And thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We would love for you to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. If you would like to hear more from Shane or I, visit our websites, RevShaneBishop.com or RevMikeWoo.com. We'll talk to you next time. And make sure that you keep the change. Thank you.